Welcome to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shebb. Ashley had gotten to a place in her life where she was drinking constantly and she couldn't tolerate being alone. After her third DUI, she wanted help, but she only wanted it on specific terms. She didn't want to go to a 12-step based program, and she certainly didn't want to stay somewhere for 90 days. But after hearing from Stacy F. about her family's experience with Mar, Ashley found some willingness and checked into the Women's Center. Now she has a whole new life with meaningful connections like she didn't have before, and she continues to stay involved to help provide that sense of belonging to new clients. Yeah, let's start with where where were you at? Kind of give us a snapshot of what was going on when you got to Mar or before you got to Mar. So um, my road to Mar probably started about a year before I actually got here. Um, I had, you know, quote unquote, the worst year of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And in that year, I had run out of options for how to do it on my own. Um, I was tired. Um, so a year, if you rewind a year from when I got to Mar, um, it was about to be my birthday and my ex and I were going away for the weekend. I thought I was getting a ring. You know, everything was so good except for the drinking that I was still hiding. And he found that bottle, that empty bottle that I was hiding one last time and said he was done, you know, too many lies, um, all the empty promises. So on my birthday, a year before I got to Mar, I was actually moving into a dark one bedroom apartment alone. Um, so that gave me the opportunity for a year to really have nobody to hide my drinking from. It was just me and, uh, my dogs and, um, You know, it's the same old story that it had been before where you try and control it. Oh, just when I get home from work. Uh, Oh, you know, only on the weekends. Um, And that turns to, you know, only before I go to work, not at work. And, um, you know, it just progressed like it had so many times in the past. Um, But this time it got completely out of control because of where I was at mentally. Um, You know, my self-will was running out. Um, and I felt so alone. Um, so one thing that I held a lot of stock in throughout this period was that I had a job. Um, so Mm. in December of that year, I lost my job, um, which led to me moving back into daddy's house. Um, and to me, that was, you know, the ultimate, you know, I'm in my late twenties, I don't have anything to show for myself. All I have is my drinking. I don't even like drinking, but I have to to be able to function in front of people. Um, So within about a month and a half, two months of me living with my dad, I got my third DUI. Um, You know, I I told my dad that I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, And after my third DUI, you know, I said, I I want help. you know, please help me. And I still wanted help my way on my terms. So I wanted to go to an outpatient facility that was non 12 step, um, you know, because of that G word. Right. You know, um, God. Right. <laughs> uh, 
for people that might not know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> G-O-D. Yeah. Um, so... So you had all these kind of conditions on it. Right. Yeah. I want help, but but this is, but only if we do it my way. Right. And my way was the way where I could continue to keep drinking if it didn't work or if I couldn't do it. Um, so <laughs> with my third DUI, I had to do the mandatory um, drug and alcohol eval that the court orders. Um, I've had the same lawyer for all three of my DUIs. Needless to say, she's a family friend at this point. <laughs> um, and she recommended that I come here to Matt Irwin to do my drug and alcohol eval, come to Mar. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, oh, it's different. You know, he talks to you. It's not just, you know, the test where you circle things. I mean, I knew how to pass that. You yeah. Know? Um, so... I acquiesced and I said, all right, you know, uh-huh. I'll, I'll go see Matt. So I came and met Matt one night and did my drug and alcohol eval. He let me bring my dog because I couldn't do anything alone. I was mm-hmm. terrified of people and my dog was kind of a buffer. Um, but, you know, I had no friends either. My dog was my only friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt somehow... You know, I, I thought I was going to a therapy session the next morning with somebody here at Mar, but it turns out it was the um, the assessment for intake. You know, at this point, I had nothing to lose, and I really, truly believed it was a, it was a therapy session, so I was 100% open and honest, and now I'm so grateful that I was. Um, you know, whether it was the way Matt worded it to me, whether it was my higher power knowing that I, you know, this is where I needed to be, um, I was just 100% honest mm-hmm. about my drinking, about how I was feeling, about my patterns, my habits, um, you know, just everything. Um, I really laid it all out on the table. But, you know, I went home and I pitched it to my dad and his wife, like, Oh, uh, you know, but it's it's 90 days, you know, and it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Uh, granted, I had no job and I was living at my dad's house. You know, mm-hmm. I had nothing going on for 90 days. Right. But, you know, uh, even though I was so done with the way I was living, you know, I didn't know how else to live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It's also the fear of being around other women uh, for 90 days. You know, I'm I'm not going in and out of some outpatient facility where I can lay low and I don't have to make friends or talk to people. You know, Mm -hmm. this this was really the real deal. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't just facing my fear of not having a drink. It was my fear of not having a drink to interact with people um, to just do the day to day. I mean, I was terrified. What are your but and and had the admissions staff had they talked to your parents at that point your dad and gotten them on board or Lord only knows <laughs> yeah okay um, because fast forward um, about a week and I was at the dog park the only place I went and I got a uh-huh. phone call from my mom saying um, Hey I'm gonna be coming over to your dad's tonight if you could be there around this time so. I knew something was up. What, why is mom coming over? Why are you guys interacting? Why have you been talking to each yeah. other? Um, and my dad said, we have somebody coming over to the house later. You need to be there. Um, and it was Skylar's mom. 
Oh, yes, yeah, Stacy. Stacy. Oh, wow. She came over. Yes. Wow. So Stacy came over and told me, um, it was me, Stacy, my mom, and my stepmom, okay. and my dad. And um, Stacy told us the story of her son who had come here to Mar, um, you know, ended up going back out and he's no longer with us. Um, but she really just talked about all the great things that happened while he was here at Mar and what he got out of the program here. Um, and then, you know, came the big question, will you go? Um, and I don't know if it was me being willing or if it was just the pressure of being in that situation because, but I said yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the weekend to pack and, you know, get my affairs in order slash throw out all the empty bottles I had hidden yeah. everywhere. Um, and then I was supposed to come to Mar on Monday. Um, and, you know, my parents also thought there would be no problem with that. I would just get admitted. Everything would be fine. And, of course, I had to go to detox. And that was, like, another heartbreak for them in the moment because they didn't realize that I had – I wasn't able to stop mm -hmm. to come in. So they were like, okay, so you're just going to stop drinking and then you'll go and it'll be fine. But, obviously, you know, I drank right up until I came because I wanted to, I don't know, you know, appear normal, mm -hmm. um, slash, you know, not shaking uncontrollably right. and sweating. So yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And were, had you identified like as an alcoholic or anything like that before coming here? Like, did you do you think like I'm probably an alcoholic, or had you said that out loud? Or so I knew. The first time I identified myself as an alcoholic, I was probably 21 years old. Um, I never had any problem saying that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I just knew it. And it was something that runs on my mom's side of the family. And she's been sober for seven or eight, maybe nine years now. Um but, you know, I had seen her drinking. Mm -hmm. She understands, you know, the inability to control yourself. So um, I never had any problem saying I was an alcoholic. And I knew when I got here without a shadow of a doubt that I was an alcoholic. Okay. So then you, you try and check in here, but you can't because the alcohol that's in your system, they send you to detox at Lakeview? Yep. Or, okay. And so how long were you there for? I was there for six days because of the weekend. Okay. Um, it was so after my first day and a half there, when I was starting to, you know, you're on the medication to help with the withdrawal, and I started to feel clear again, that's when everything switched for me. And I was so excited to get going at Mar and to get back and just start this journey. I, all I needed was that little bit of help with the withdrawal and knowing that I was safe to for me to be 100% in and ready to be here and ready to do the deal. So Wow. So what what do you think what do you think led to that willingness? Was it just like yeah, what what do you think was behind that? Um 
I I had been ready uh-huh. and I knew I wanted the help, but it was that fear of, um, f- so during the year that before I got to Mar, I had had a few seizures trying to do it myself. I, I think a lot of it was that fear of what happens when I don't have that alcohol? What happens? Um, and to know that I was kind of in a safe space, I was just so ready. And having that clear mind, I was able to reflect on all of the nothingness that waited for me if I didn't jump into this. Um, you know, there were no friends. There was no job. Um you know, my family was was really just done. Um, I I hated myself. You know, how could anybody else love me? Um, you know, th- there was nothing left. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when there's nothing left, you're just you're just ready to jump. You know. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, you start feeling a little safe at at Lakeview when you're detoxing, and then you're you're ready to get back into it. So what's that day, that first day when you get back to Mar, what's that like? Um, so also while I was at yeah. detox, uh, two or three days after I, uh, let me see, two days after I was there, another girl came into detox and um, she was just coming to detox. You know, she's like, uh, been here three times, you mm-hmm. know, in and out. And um, her and I just had a connection and I convinced her to come to Mars. So she actually um, rode with me to Mars. No way. When I, yeah, when I left. And uh, we got to celebrate our one year this year, you know, two days apart. So that is awesome. Yeah. Wow. So you were so on board with Mar yeah. that you, <laughs> you <laughs> now were I'm signing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're recruiting people from the detox. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what was your exposure to like why why were you already before you had even started treatment here? Why were you so sold on Mar? What was it like did you had an experience with yeah, what was it about? Was it that Stacy talking with Stacy? So since I had been at Mar to check in, but then got sent to detox. I met Danny, the nurse, immediately loved her, felt safe with her. You know, she just seemed like my people. Um, I met Kaylee. Um, I just, I felt at home. Um, I wow, s- even in that brief period. Yeah. And, you know, I think it really was one of those higher power moments where it just felt right. I just knew that's where I was supposed to be. Um, you know, honestly, for a, I felt like a billion bucks. I thought I was on top of the world because, you know, the withdrawals were kind of coming to a close, at least physically, those symptoms. Um, I was nervous to be around a bunch of women. Um, one of the things I always say when I talk about my story and my journey is I never wanted to be a part of, of a sorority. And at Mar, I joined a sober one, you know, mm-hmm. so, and I love it. I'm, um, but of course there was a little bit of fear, um, but excited fear. And I guess it was just being here. I had not, I had nothing to lose. I just had something to gain. Um, I was just in, mm-hmm. um, and the first day, everybody was so nice. Um, 
And I just remember laying down that night and feeling so excited to be sleeping sober in this bed that would be, you know, my bed for, you know, what at that moment seemed like, you know, the rest of the foreseeable future, just Mm -hmm. feeling like I had a home, you know, um, with people who understood me. My ego and my pride is what made me always say, I don't, I don't like women. Um, so once I started to drop that act, you know, I started to realize internally how much I craved relationships with other women. And, um, You know, at first it was a little awkward because I didn't know how to interact with anybody, let alone women. You know, we're so hard to figure out and handle and get along with. Um, But, you know, it just clicked. And it's just like anywhere else. Um, You know, you find your people, you know, and, you know, but to be honest, everybody there was my people. Like, just being at Mar and being a part of this journey together, that is a bond and a connection that I don't know if you find anywhere else. You know, you guys are in the trenches together and you're finding out who you are individually together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much love and support and honesty. And um, I, it's such a gift mm-hmm. to have that. And what what was it like doing the groups for you and starting to talk about feelings and process things? How was that? It was really hard for me to start to open up. Um, Very hard. It's something I still, you know, it's one of those things that daily I have to check in with my higher power and my sponsor about is me being um, casting that ego and that pride aside and not just saying, I'm good, Mm -hmm. I'm fine, you know, no, don't worry about me. Um, and that was that big wall that I put up. Um, and uh, the turning point for me was we had an intern. We were doing this exercise where they taped a line on the floor and you stand where you think you are on the spectrum of, I, I don't even remember, like, you know, being introvert. It, it was, I don't know. But there was a line on the floor. And what happened after you placed yourself on that line is then everybody else placed you where you actually come across. Mm. Um, And it was very different than how I thought others perceived me. And um, I was coming across as one of the count, one of the interns said to me, it seems like you don't even care. And in that moment, it just crushed me because I cared so much, not just about me, but about these other women that I was getting to know. And that attitude that I was putting out was just a safeguard. So that was kind of the turning point for me in group um, when I really started to open up and get honest. And, um, you know, that's when things started to change. And yeah, and it's something that you didn't even realize that you were right. putting out there. Mm-hmm. So was that connected at all to what you said before about like your ego? You said something about your ego not wanting you to connect with 
with other women. 100%. What about that felt safer to say, like, I don't want to be friends with other women? It's about, um, it's that whole uh, facade of I'm okay with who I am. I'm doing fine. Um, I have it together. I don't need help. I don't need anyone else. Bottom line, you know, I can do everything on my own. And that had been my motto uh, externally for, you know, as long as I can remember. Did you know that that was the stuff that you were going to be working on here? So I knew that just quitting drinking wasn't enough. Otherwise, it would have worked before. You tried that. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't know exactly what needed to happen. You know, if I if I knew, I, I wouldn't have came here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what Mar teaches you is all that other stuff that goes along with putting down the drink, like, and what we learned at Mar, and, you know, I continue to learn in the rooms is um, the drink is, you know, the drink is barely even a part of it. You know, if it's, if it's not alcohol, then it'll be shopping. If it's, if it's not um, drugs, then it'll be men. Mm. You know, it's about fixing the inside and, you know, working with all those spiritual princi- principles that are a part of what we learn at Mar. And um, that's where the real magic of recovery comes from. It's not in just putting down the drink. Um, and I didn't know that I needed to learn all those things until Mar taught me. What did Mar provide for you in terms of a structure that was helpful in that process? For this alcoholic, um, in the in the beginning of sobriety for me, um, free time would have would have been the end. Um, they they provide you know the support, the groups, um, activities the fellowship, the relationships that you're building with people of the same sex, um, just being in kind of that little Mar bubble that we talk about is really feeling safe enough to grow and figure out what you like without having to make huge mistakes to do that. Um, I think without that safety net, of having some rules laid down, I wouldn't have been focusing on my recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one big thing for everyone is not having cell phones. You know, that's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to function? But if I would have had my cell phone, I wouldn't have been present. Mm -hmm. And part of what Mar teaches you is how to be present, that mindfulness, that being a part of the moment. you know, unless Mar told you, no, give me your phone, you're constantly thinking about, oh, who's posting what on Instagram and doing that thing that we all do where we compare ourselves to others and, well, look, they have it all together. I've been sober for two days now. I've got it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be fine to go to this bar or do this thing. Um, So really the the, the safe bubble of Mar while we still have freedom 
at the same time, you know, I thought when I got to Mar, we were really just going to be locked in the gates there mm-hmm. in those townhomes. But, um, you know, we go to the grocery store, we go out in public, we do these things, we just have rules. Um, and all of all of us who come to bar need some help following rules anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just the basis of being able to follow basic instructions without copying an attitude, right. without, you know, putting my two cents in, with just doing things because it's what I'm supposed to do. Right. I think we all come to bar not really sure of how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing it our own way by ourselves for so long. Um you know, it it really is just a foundation of living normally mm-hmm. without a substance and without ourselves in the way. Right. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, you touched on something, too, that I think is a good point that, like, um, it's like you, you don't just stay on. Like, I think a lot of people think of, like, treatment centers as, like, you're just and I think a lot of treatment centers are this way where it's like you're on their campus and you don't really leave. But Mar right. isn't like that where it's like you you're you live there um, in the town for the women's center. You live at the townhomes, but you're going out into the community. It's not like you're in this seclu- totally secluded environment and then you're out on your own. It's kind of like this like easing back into yes. normal life. And I've um, I've heard that about other treatment centers and things where you really are just you know almost too much in a bubble and Mm -hmm. I think for me if I would have been in the environment where we're not venturing out into the real world I would have ran into some trouble when it was time for me to go back out on my own yeah um I think the mix at Mar of having the structure and the rules but still having the ability to go out and function like you would in your normal life is is just ideal and really key for creating a solid foundation for a recovery in the real world, mm-hmm. not just in a bubble. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and so on kind of on that topic, did you do did you get a job here as part of your I did get a job. Um I actually got a job at a gym. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing marketing and PR for a gym. Is that what your background is in? I'm a graphic designer. Okay. So to find part-time graphic design work was a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, Kaylee and the staff really worked with me and understood that, you know, I'm I'm more of a creative person. And Mm -hmm. um, this gym job ended up being a really good fit. it was like a small local gym and, um, you know, it was really my first taste of being around, um, you know, normal drinkers again too. Um, because, you know, because it was a smaller gym, it was like a little community Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they would invite me to happy hours and things like that. So while I was still, um, at Mar, you know, I was able to kind of figure out how to navigate those situations Mm -hmm. and in saying no thank you and how do I say that and what what information am I comfortable sharing with others about my recovery and um, also you know it was 
huge to get a job. And I think all of us, when we're here at Mar, all of us that get a job have that fear of what do we tell them in the interview? Yeah. You know, how does that go? Um, and I was upfront and honest, and it turns out that um, the owner of the gym, you know, had a brother who struggles with addiction. So, um, and I think that's something a lot of us find in the real world, too, mm -hmm. is more people are close to alcoholism and addiction than we really think you right. know we we tend to think oh it can just be us that's this bad yeah but right there are so many of us right you know, <laughs> we're, we're pretty strong yeah, yeah right yeah 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 so did you do family week when you were here i so? did yes i did how was that <laughs> um not as bad as everybody makes it seem um you know of course it was you know gut-wrenching and hard but i think I think that's part of it. You know, when we come to Mar, I think there are very few of us that come to Mar that haven't had damage and wreckage in our past. And that that includes, you know, wreckage with our family. Um, you know, of course, we hurt the ones that are closest to us. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of lies and manipulations and... Um, you know, really just getting all of that cleared out, um, you know, which again comes later in your step work, mm -hmm. but um, really just opening up those wounds, I think was such a great, it's such a great place to begin to heal with your family. Mm -hmm. If those sort of things aren't opened up in family week, then they'll stay in the closet sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and also the benefit of our families sitting through those groups and those classes. And a huge thing for my parents is meeting other parents um, that are going through the same thing. You know, my parents have friends now from, you know, other women's parents. Like they, they talk, you know, they're That's in contact. Cool. Uh, my mom goes to St. Simon and visits one of the other girls' moms all wow. the time. Um, so I think the same way we find family when we're clients here at Mar, I think it's an opportunity for our parents to find family and community with people who can relate, you know, because that they're going through a bit of a recovery too while mm -hmm. we're here. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I think another really important part of that is and you know it's one of the big scary things we hear about before we go into that session with our parents is you can't say I'm sorry um but how powerful is that we can't hide behind the words I'm sorry you know how many times before mm. we got to Mar had we said I'm sorry to our parents and it was just empty you know yeah right it, even though we meant it you know we could never follow through um so not having that blanket statement to hide behind, I think, is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a great point. And can you set up that impact? So you're talking about the impact group, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you set that up a little bit for people that might not be like describe what yeah. the group is like? So impact group is where you sit across from your parents or whoever, whatever family members come. Um, you know, it could be your spouse your sister, whatever, um, 
and you have to say directly to them how your addiction or alcoholism has affected them. Um, and how many people were in your group when you did it? Like, if you had to guess, like... Um, there were six or six-ish of us girls, so you figure one or two family yeah. members for each So, of them. like, 15, mm -hmm. 20, somewhere in there? Yeah. Okay. So, that's pretty, that's pretty intense... Like you've got a little yeah. bit of an audience there. Yeah. See that that's a whole nother aspect is that you're not just doing this, you know, where, you know, our safety net is to downplay things, but you're in an environment where these women know what you're supposed to be saying, you know, what you've been talking about in groups, what you really did. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to own up and say my, for me, um, you know, it would be my alcoholism has affected you in these ways. I have done this to you. Um, you know, one big thing for me, I'm not going to cry, um, for my stepmom, she's been in our lives for about seven years um, and, you know, dealt with me when she didn't even have to, you know. Um, and uh, I said directly to her, um, I, you know, I think I said I ruined your wedding um, because they had me do the photographs for their wedding. I'm a photographer as well. And uh, my dad found all my alcohol right before the wedding and dumped it out. So I was shaking uncontrollably and my only mission at their wedding was to get drinks. I think I took maybe two good photos that weren't shaky. So she had no pictures of her wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, and as soon as I said that to her, she just broke down into tears and she said, I've been waiting to hear that for so long. Um, and you know, it's those sort of moments that you get in, in those uncomfortable situations that you would avoid if Mar didn't make you do that. You <laughs> right, know? right. Can you kind of describe what you do in terms of alumni? Because I think that's also something that's pretty unique about Mars, that this there's a really strong alumni yeah. network and like people like you stay involved even after they're done with treatment. So, yeah, what does that look like for you? So I go to the alumni meetings. Um, you know, they're only once a month anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, I make sure I'm involved in the activities they do. The You know, we did rock climbing recently. We did karaoke recently, which I never thought I'd do sober. <laughs> we had so much fun. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I also, like, one of the important things that we do at these alumni meetings are plan other events or, you know, set up. Uh, we, we do volunteers for who's going to lead spirituality on Saturdays, which is something I do about once a month now. Um, and, you know, like this past for Good Friday, the center was closed. So I volunteered with one of my roommates to go hang out with the halfway girls. Um, we were going to take them to the river, but the weather was not great. So, um, we just brought over a bunch of movies and watched movies. And I brought my dog, which, you know, is for, you know, there's so many of us at, at Mar that are so willing to be there, but then we leave our dogs at home. Yeah. So I think it was really special for them to have a dog yeah, in the house sure. for the day. Um, 
But it's really just about staying connected, you know, and it goes back to some of the foundations of AA, which is the foundation of Mar, you know, um, which is service, Mm -hmm. you know, and why wouldn't we want to be of service at for the place that gave us a second chance at at a real life or maybe a first chance. It depends on how you look at it, you know? Mm -hmm. And what are you, what, what's that like for you now seeing, um, the women that are in halfway or yeah, in the first 90 days being on the other, you know, having gone through three quarters and all that, what's that like for you interacting with them? You know, it's so weird. I thought, I thought that I would feel you know, so much wiser than them or something. But I look at them like I'm just one of them still. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all the same. And like I said, they're they're my sisters too. So I just look at them as a new group of friends when they come in. Um, and just I, I also try and show them that, you know, it works. And I think that's what's so important about the Alumni Association is showing the people who are at MAR currently that we stick around and, you know, MAR works and we want to continue to be a part of MAR. And it's a community that, you know, carries on even after you leave. Like knowing that you have that support and that community, you know, because some people don't go to three quarter and to know that even if you go right home after your 90 days, that you still have a safe place and a community to come back to at Mar, um, I think is huge. So if you had one thing to pass on to people that are listening, what would it be? Be open-minded. You know, there were so many things when I got to Mar that I thought I couldn't do or wouldn't do or shouldn't do. And once I set all of those, you know, preconceived notions aside and just said, whatever, I don't know how, maybe you guys do. That's when things started to change for me. That's great. I'm so glad that I got to meet you, Ashley. Thanks for coming by to do this after work. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.